More and more people are moving to cities, and that's going to affect almost every industry. We are very cautious and very aware to make a conscious effort to work with the ecosystem. What can the average person do to take action now? Not one person can change the world, but if we all do a little something different, it might help. Being open to embracing innovation. Know that you can make a difference. A absolutely. There's no excuse not to even do a little bit. Let's go check it out. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in to Going Green. As always, we appreciate it. A real quick shout out to our sponsor, Triwa. Triwa is a watch company that creates watches made from recycled plastic and deconstructed metal from guns. Uh, they're doing awesome things. They are my favorite watch company. I wear a lot of watches, I collect watches, and I have not taken off my watch from them since I received it. It's amazing. So if you are looking for a cool watch with a good cause uh, or as a gift, check out Triwa, Triwa.com. They are an amazing company. And let's get right back to that amazing content. Hey everyone, welcome back to Going Green. We've got a really exciting episode today. I can't wait to dive into everything that Joanne Rodriguez, the founder and CEO of MicroCycle is doing. It's really cool. Um, we haven't had a guest on the show like her to kind of dive into what's going on with mycology and how it affects the day-to-day -day life that we live. So Joanne, thanks for being here. Appreciate it. Uh, Dylan, thank you for having me. It's uh, good to be heard and seen. Of course. Anything we can do to, you know, share the story of, uh, you know, visionary entrepreneurs like you is our goal. So before we dive into things, can you kind of explain what mycology is to the average person? Yeah, yeah. Mycology is the study of fungi. So basically mushrooms. Um, and it, there's a whole emerging um, dialogue around it, an emerging industry around it. Um, but a lot of people will understand it as being um, within the confines of like biochemistry or botany or other plant-based system. But yeah, mycology is the study of fungi. Got it. And so you're the founder and CEO of MycoCycle. What is MycoCycle and what are you working on? Um, MycoCycle is a waste resource process that uses fungi. So we're using uh, microremediation to remove toxins from waste streams that are traditionally landfills with the end goal in mind to divert them from overburdened landfills and create a new bio-based resource for uh, material production. So we're, we affectionately say we train mushrooms to eat asphalt and other petrochemical containing products. That's amazing. And I mean, we have such a problem with, you know, pollution and things like that, that if we can find a natural way to get rid of that, that's huge. How did, um, how did you kind of get this background of mycology and start this company? Like, where does this all come from? I am not a mycologist and I don't have a background in mycology, but I do have 30 years in construction products and material manufacturing. I've been a leader there for a long time. Um, and I've been a sustainability expert. I was director of sustainable strategic initiatives for a large manufacturer of uh, roofing and commercial, commercial building products. And we really found in that time that we could not get our customers to zero waste goals. So these are like Fortune 200 federal government, large colleges and universities. And so the products we manufactured inherently were uh, polluted with toxins just out of the process, not really anything that was being added. And so not only could we as a manufacturer dispose of those waste streams, but um, the customers couldn't. And, and it really 
sent me into a direction about the midpoint of my career to say, well, we have a huge problem with no solution. How could we get there? Um, so after a little sabbatical and I took a course in permaculture design and I, I've been a longtime sustainability expert. Like I, I'm just green roof specialist, stormwater specialist, uh, built environment, um, energy, uh, integrated solar type of, uh, of approach. I took a course in permaculture design and learned about fungi and learned about their remediative qualities and that kind of set this ball in motion. That's amazing. And um, what I've noticed with a lot of these, you know, people who are passionate about sustainability and start companies, most of the time they don't have a, you know, they have a little bit of a background, but they have a different background. So for example, yours is construction. So you work in construction, you have a passion for sustainability. You saw this problem that's happening and then you came up with a solution through all of these things. And I think um, a lot of the most successful people sort of follow that that same trajectory of you know they are they come from a different background whether it's finance or construction or technology and apply it to a sustainable factor and kind of combine two things and those are the people that i've seen kind of find the most success because they don't set out to fix some problem and find a problem they see the problem and go out and have a solution so that's really exciting um what are you working on now on sort of a day-to-day -day basis? Well, 2020 is interesting. Oh, you know, that's the, that's the asterisks on business <laughs> development. Yeah. Um, we would really hope to have scaled our technology by now, but our customers were also like in a huge reaction mode and have financial responsibilities they have to meet. And so we got sidelined a little bit, which is fine. What, that enabled us to do was to not only reinforce our treatment protocol around um, the asphalt base, like the roofing waste um, methodologies and apply for patents and stuff like that, but also to develop out other lab scale treatment protocols around um, large, large uh, global waste issues like rubber um, SBR crumb and um, we're taking on some additional treatment protocols uh, to be announced later but um, also very problematic in the waste industry and when I take a look back at 2020 and our strategic plan we've really achieved just about everything and I mean everything university partners everything except for getting the beta scaled so um, we feel we feel confident about what we're doing and how we're doing it and some of this low fidelity testing where we've never seen mycological process applied before um, is very exciting. So maybe not the scale we needed, but certainly advancing the technology. That's great. And I mean, so for for those of you listening and watching, you know, we're recording this um, early mid-December 2020. So it's been quite the year um you know for any entrepreneur there's the struggles and also kind of the the challenges you have to face when you know you can do certain things you can't do certain things but i think the um what shows a, a good ceo entrepreneur is the ability to still get things done just finding a new way to do it and and that's part of running a business is you're always going to run into new challenges last minute um and you just gotta you gotta power through it and fight through it and it sounds like that's what you've been doing um, where do you kind of see this big picture, you know, five, 10 years from now and what kind of effects will it have when 
when microcycle is starting to scale up and having these big effects? Um, I see us disrupting with this innovation, um, a huge waste management market, um, driving a more sustainable process in an industry that quite frankly needs it. Um, the recycling statistics are staggering. And we're still just holding true to not using more than 10% of what we produce, but we only have less than 15% landfill space left. So I see it really offering a solution set um, to then also drive circularity. Um, and circularity is a huge dialogue right now about the utilization of resources, uh, the reuse, um, and, and that allows us to kind of take a look at that secondary market of the byproduct that gets produced from the process. And so um, I think we're also in 10 years going to see, especially in the building industry and in the built environment space, a greater use and adoption of plant-based or bio-based low carbon materials, um, a greater acceptance of that. Because I think up until now, um, there's been some reticence, right? We need our buildings to perform at a high level and the thought of using anything outside of the norm um, was a little disconcerting. And so that's where I see us going. And, and I, I see the need, not just for my technology, but for other um, innovations coming out of, you know, kind of inspired by nature because it's already shown us how to do it. Yeah, so. cool. Um, can you kind of walk us through the actual process of what happens when this is all implemented? Yeah, um, you know, our best, our best vision on this is that we will be able to scale short term in the waste management sector. So um, material resource facilities or MRFs as they're known or transfer stations where we can be a bolt-on service. Um, the products are already coming into these facilities and being sorted um, and, and redistributed to recycling centers and our landfills. But we'll be able to capture those materials. They'd be ground, put into a container, which you know we affectionately call our engineered ecosystem. So basically what we do at the lab scale, scaled up on, you know, on steroids um, to create an optimum growing environment and four weeks or less, we would be able to remediate the materials. And from there, there are a multitude of options. You know, they can go, it can be a soil like biomass that goes into stormwater solutions and soils, um, or it could continue to be grown out. It can be brokered off to chemical manufacturers or building material manufacturers and made into new products. And, and the ultimate goal of circularity would be to work with a manufacturer, process their waste on site, so it never leaves it. So they have manufacturing waste, they could process it right there and put it back into new products. Um, long term, we'd like to own that process turnkey, like beginning, middle and end. Um, but we know we can really inspire wider spread adoption by partnering uh, with the industry and kind of not presenting a threat to them, but just saying, hey, here's, here's a new innovation for you to be able to apply. So that's the goal. Yeah, no, that's, that's fascinating. And I'm sure on a mass scale, you know, when you look at how much waste is created and then the opportunity to basically turn that back into something that can be reused, you know, a lot of companies can see the value in that. What's sort of the, you know, Again, I'm not a scientist by any means, but what's sort of the basic sort of chemical actions that are happening when this like does actually happen when it goes into that that um, that ecosystem you mentioned? 
Sure. Um, and I have to give a huge shout out to Peter McCoy, who is our mycologist. Uh, he's very well studied, self-taught. He is a leader in microremediation and, and mycology, and he teaches thousands of people a year about it. But um, basically what happens is you apply our inoculate, our fungal inoculate. Like this is where it doesn't get so exciting because we're talking about spores and stuff. But um, our lab blend that we formulated um, gets mixed in with the materials. Um, we're able to temperature control that environment um, to the optimum growing um, condition. And the mycelium, which is the root structure of the fungi, so we never see that. That's what happens below ground. That's what for centuries has decomposed trees and kept our soil healthy. That grows throughout the material. It likes that heavy carbon. That's the toxin. And it discharges them enzymes. And so we've inspired them by creating, you know, a very happy place for them to grow and uh, grows through the materials and, and basically uh, creates this web through it, creates this uh, network that's um, very strong and robust. And that's why it makes it an ideal material for, for use into new products. Um, and so if, if you think about photosynthesis, where plants just process um, carbon, that's exactly what's happening here. Those, those um, heavy toxic carcinogens get processed and in, in, into new, um, more simple uh, organics, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. Man, that's exciting. It's it's because I can kind of you know picture it as you're describing it, and you th you know you'd think the Earth has been around for such a long time. All of these processes are happening naturally. We're kind of the ones who are building all of these things, you know, just recently. So it's cool to kind of be able to combine these processes that have been around, you know, for hundreds of millions of years, if not longer, into kind of this new technology that us as humans are creating. And if we can recycle it and break it down and, and rebuild, um, that's, you know, can totally see that being kind of the way of the future. And, and I think there is a huge push for more natural building materials, kind of becoming more um, in tune with, you know, when we are making new buildings or when we are creating waste, how are we recycling that? How are we, you know, making everything more sustainable? Um, so that, that's really cool. I know you've got kind of a, an exciting, um, chapter in the company going on right now with some crowdfunding. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, we're, um, we launched just a little over a week ago an equity crowdfund on Start Engine. Um, there was a lot of deliberation on our team about how to approach this next chapter. Um, we've always done best having, maintaining some nimbleness, I guess, and being able to move those decisions forward. And so, raising an equity crowdfund as our first raise just seemed to be super natural um to have a groundswell of support we've done very well through the first week uh, but we have more to go so um, i would definitely encourage folks to be engaged in this um, it's an sec regulated platform so it's an investment it's not a donation um, which is one of the things that was critical to us that um, that it, there was some reciprocity. So um, I would say startengine.com and you could see MicroCycle on there and, and see what the offering details are. I can't go into much more depth than that, but um, going to the, the circular and going to the platform page, you'll read about 
um, what we're hoping to do, uh, which is essentially use this funding to simultaneously de-risk um, and scale the process, uh, which we know is critical to our future growth. That's amazing. So for everyone who's listening and watching, if this is something you're interested, be sure to go check that out and support MicroCycle in any way you can. Um, if, uh, if you're looking for any links or anything, if you visit goinggreenshow.com, uh, there's an article that we wrote about MicroCycle and Joanne. We'll link that uh, crowdfunding, um, or excuse me, investing link in there too, so it's easy access for you. Uh, Joanne, I want to thank you for being on the show, and I like to kind of wrap things up with one last question, which is, what's just one action item, you know, in addition to supporting MicroCycle, what's an action item that the average person can kind of take away and apply to their life or just keep an eye out or support other organizations or other processes um, like yours to kind of get involved and take that first step? Uh, great question. Um, I would say seek to be inspired by nature. I mean, that's really what we're talking about is um, harnessing the power of nature as an innovation that's at the core of clean tech entrepreneurship. Um, and so I think try to be inspired and, and think of new applications and go out and innovate those. Um, but then I would also say, make sure that you're um, really supporting clean tech startups. Uh, we, we need to kind of bust through the ceiling of, well, this is what we've always done and we'll always do it. It's not gonna get us to offsetting carbon and reducing greenhouse gas reductions, um, we have to start adopting new technologies and having a willingness to work through the complex problems. And so that would be my action item. Go out, you know, take a walk, see, you know, this is how it always starts is, is through mimicking nature. It always shows us the way. We don't have to reinvent the wheel. We just have to apply it in a, a scalable manner. Yeah, exactly. Well, Joanne, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. Fascinating what you're working on and what you've done so far. Um, so yeah, thanks. Thanks for taking the time out of your day and joining us from Chicago. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I kind of wish I was uh, in sunny California, but, <laughs> <Soon>. <laughs> but I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. And I appreciate the opportunity to tell our story here, Dylan. Of course. And Thank you to everyone who tuned in, who watched, listened, supports the show. Um, our goal is to always bring leaders in clean tech sustainability, uh, you know, people like Joanne. Um, so anything you can do to, you know, apply these action items to your life, support local clean tech businesses. Um, they, you know, some of the biggest, craziest organizations, companies that we know today started out with, you know, one or two people in a vision and people, you know, like you and I, like us, who invest a little bit or support them or buy their products at those beginning phases and allow them to scale up. So keep an eye out for that. And as always, we appreciate it and we'll see you on the next episode of Going Green.